0: Ray and Tay
1: today mm. Yes, sports radio's on Talking sports with friends And you know we got it on From the NFL to the NBA MLB and college hoops do it all day College football, we know who's number one Understand on the phones, you know we get it done So call in 718-664-9098 And we'll give you more Oh, sports, uh Yes, we do Oh,
0: sports Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay Today, and I'm Ray, Tall Rayside.
1: And I'm Tay, Eric Taylor, and we are hyped up on this Friday in December. Give us a call so we can talk some sports. 718-664-9098. Like always, tweet at us, Facebook us, YouTube, everywhere. We're Ray and Tay Today. Check out the website, rayandtaytoday.com. Your emails will take them at rayandtaytoday at gmail.com. We will be joined by the legendary. I mean, he used to be with WFAN and the Knicks back in the days. Dave Sims, the Seattle Mariners uh, TV voice. He's a broadcaster. He does Baskets and Beyond with Coach K, another legend. We'll talk about that. And he does NFL games every Sunday. You can hear that great radio voice. Very excited. Ray. Let's jump into it before Dave comes. Aaron Rodgers, Cal to Cal, Rodgers to Rodgers, Motown miracle. Will this help them and propel the Packers to probably get the NFC North division now, even though they worked out Monte Ball and Eddie Lacey's getting in trouble? What are your thoughts?
0: So the Packers still have a problem that their receivers can't get open. So you can have the best quarterback in the league, but if their receivers can't get open, then who is he throwing it to? And you thought that going into the season, Lacey was the man, and Starks was a very good backup, especially with that Super Bowl experience that he has. But the Packers are struggling, and it's on offense. You would think that the Packers would be struggling on defense, but actually... They're struggling on offense, and I don't see that changing. They had a great second half, but you know what? They were still down 20 to nothing. So this team really needs to get it, get their identity back, get their mojo back. Having said that, I'm not a believer in the Minnesota Vikings winning that division. I still think the Packers win the division, and I still think they have as good a chance as anybody to win the NFC. We'll talk about this maybe with Dave, but you know what? This year, more than any year, the NFC is wide open. Even with an 11-0 Carolina Panther team.
1: Yes, I would have to agree. I do like the Packers, Packers' remaining schedule. The hardest game is at Arizona, but Minnesota's schedule is a little bit rougher, and I still think the Panthers are the number one seed. But that was a miracle. I, I, I got to kill Caldwell. To think that they were going to be doing laterals and it wasn't going to be a Hail Mary, you got to be kidding me. To not put in Calvin Johnson, to not – you know, let him go run to his strong side, his right, only rush three, not force him to the left. These are basic mistakes that should not have happened, and this is why they are, what, four and eight?
0: Yeah, they should have won that game. They should have won the Seattle game. You win those two games, and you're six and six. So you're actually a decent team, but now they're, yeah, they're going to win five, six games this season, so another lost season in Detroit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do we have a Is this uh, Dave here
0: or not? Uh, no, I think we have a caller, but let's see.
2: What's up, fellas? Dave Sims here.
0: Hey, Dave. Hey, How Dave. are you? Hey, welcome to the show. Welcome to Ray and Tay. Thanks for joining. And I'm Ray, Tall Rayside.
2: All right. Good to meet you guys. How you doing? Hey, Dave.
1: This is uh, Tay Eric Taylor doing well. Before we get into the questions, I just want to have a little fun with you, Dave. Back in the days at MSG, I got to say, you were inspiring and a great guy. You know, I sat courtside beside the Knicks. You used to always give me the stats at uh, halftime. And, you know, Bootsy Collins and the guys were, you know, my friends. And, and and you were nothing but a class act and a gentleman. We grew up in New York listening to you on WFN radio. So, you know, we go way back, Dave. I <laughs> uh,
2: appreciate that, man. Thank you very much. Appreciate it.
0: Yeah, it's so it's so awesome and an honor to have you on the show. Hey, Dave. We want to jump right in, and we've got so many questions for you. But let's start off with, you know, your day-to-day job is you're the Seattle Mariners broadcaster. And you, back in 2012, you called two perfect games. You called Philip Humber's game against your Mariners and then King Felix's perfect game. What was that like? And also, you know, what are some other standout moments you've had from your long, illustrious broadcast career?
2: Um well thanks, I appreciate that. The um uh, it you know, it was high emotion. I mean it was really intriguing to doing the game on uh, the Umber game because that was a Fox broadcast, that was uh it was a B net get a network game and we were being broadcast in Pacific Northwest and Chicagoland area and I think the Yankees run on uh, the yeah, the Yanke- I'm pretty sure the Yankees, was Yankees were on the main Sox. game. Yep. Yeah. And then they came to us in the last I don't know, for the last three, four outs. It was very exciting. It was, you know, it was, I've had a couple of close calls with Mariners. Doug Fister had a no-no and did a seventh one time. And, but this is, you know, I I got to be cool on this one because I'm going to not only my market, but uh, I'm going to Chicago and you know I'm hired by Fox. I'm not, you know, I can't play the Homer role. So, <laughs> you know, it, it, it was a lot of fun. It was breathtaking, but what was really breathtaking was Felix's game because it was our guy in our ballpark and he was on a roll and, this was the kind of thing we'd anticipated uh, that this guy would be able to pull off uh, on occasion and you know he's he's actually he's had a couple of games where I thought he was more dominant when he threw a one-hitter at Yankee Stadium one time and struck oh, out like well yeah. that was sick but uh I was I was hyperventilating hyperventilating it, it was it was that exciting and um the uh the previous moment that I can think of where it was that exciting where you had to like really pull back and say hold on all right, let's let's regroup here was when uh George Mason, unranked, beat uh, number one Connecticut in those six to get to the final fours, yes. And it was in D.C., you know, it was in their backyard, and <clears throat> nobody in the country gave them a chance. And, and uh, you know, they made a couple runs, and, and then Connecticut came back at them, and then they reestablished and held on at the end. And those are, those are the three that sort of jump out of my mind. I mean, there have been a few... AFC NFC championship games I, I've done but I can I I can't even remember that stuff anymore but those it those does three so many.
0: <laughs> those those
2: three those you know without a doubt they they stand out tremendously
0: awesome hey listen dave your mariners they made significant moves last couple years and yet they finished 76 and 86 last season they they traded trumbo in this offseason already but what do they need to do to turn it around in 2016
2: Hopefully we can find a first baseman, Chris Davis, uh, who uh, can you know, hit the ball <laughs> out of the ballpark. I don't, you know, I don't know if they want to spend that kind of money. He would be a hell of a fit. I mean, he's the kind of guy. I mean, you need a, in a perfect world, you'd want a significant bopper like him to go with uh, Cano, Cruz, and Seager. And if you had those four, and and basically what Jerry Depoto has already done is just fill in some spots. He, you know, when he came in, when Jerry came in. In September, he said, "Listen, we got to get more athletic. It's a big ballpark. You got to cover that outfield a lot better than what we've been doing. We need better on base guys, which you know, which would be an upgrade. And then if you know if the three main guys do their job, we'll be fine. And then the other factor is uh, the bullpen. The bullpen was aces in fourteen. It was a horror show last year. So uh, he's, he needs. I, I think he. I think he needs probably one more reliever. He needs a first baseman, and hopefully he resigns Iwakuma uh, to the starting and uh, put him back in the starting rotation."
1: Definitely. Hey, Dave, sticking with the hot stove, so far, how do you like what the Red Sox have done with Kimbrough and Price, and then obviously today with the Chicago Cubs, sort of surprising people going to get lackey when they seem to already have a solid, you know, starting rotation.
2: Oh, I've been out all day. I hadn't heard that. The Cubs got lackey. No kidding. Yeah, two-year deal. Two-year deal. With Arrieta and Lester,
0: Yeah. I thought Samarja
2: would be the guy. I sort of expected Samarja maybe to go back there. Um nice. hey, good for the Cubs. Uh, Joe Madd's a good guy. Uh, I like what they've done there. I met Theo on a couple of occasions, and, and clearly he has a good plan, and he's executing it. And, you know, if the Cubs ever do win a World Series, boy, it'll be a celebration second to none. And then uh, uh, David Price, I really am a, one of my favorites. He's a hell of a pitcher. Uh, I'd like to see him have some more postseason success. But, hey, they got the money. Uh, they're in a highly competitive division in a, a, a great baseball market. Uh, they they they're probably no worse than one A in that market in terms of sports after uh, the Patriots, and they may even be ahead of the Patriots in terms of mindset. Uh, certainly, they've been around a lot longer, and uh, you know they they've had they've not had success the last what the three out of the last four they finished um, in last place. So you got to do something. And yet so, they you know what, they got the money, they, they want don't. to spend it, God bless them. I, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine earlier, and he said, how can they send, spend that money? I said, because they have it, that's why.
1: That's right. That, that tells you how much they're making. So, Dave, right. let's, let's switch to the NFL, because you, you know, you're a big-time NFL guy. I saw you tweeting about you know, Aaron Rodgers last night. That was insane. We all know that situation. Right now, the way the season is going, I kind of want to know, are you sort of feeling that the Panthers – or the class of the NFC, and then in the AFC, do you go with the Patriots and all their injuries, or do you feel it's Brock, or are you ready to, you know, say it's open for the Bengals or Colts if they get it together, or my Pittsburgh Steelers? Well, I'm
2: not, you know, I'm not for the first time in 18 years I'm not doing weekly NFL games, so I haven't been following it as closely. But I can tell you the team I'm rooting for, a team I have a lot of respect for, are the Cardinals. I like, I've always liked Carson Palmer. Uh, yeah. I think if he stays healthy, I like the way he throws the ball, and, and, and he makes Larry Fitzgerald, Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, Larry's going to get open. He's got, as James Lofton always says, he's got such a wide catch radius. If you get it close to him, he's going to catch it. Opens up everything else on their offense, and I think Bruce Arians is a terrific play caller, uh, So, and, and I like their defense. So I think you know they're, they're going to be a huge factor in the NFC. Uh, you know, Carolina, hey, God bless. I, you know, you look at them, and you're like, who the heck are the receivers? You throw it to Olsen all the time. But, you know, Cam is, Cam, Cam is, Cam is delivered, and their defense is outstanding. Davis and Keeklein and the linebackers are ridiculously good. And yeah. you know and everybody else, I mean, they all fly to the ball. They do everything that you want. I like them a lot. You know, if, if you'd asked me four or five weeks ago, I'd have loved Rodgers and the boys, but their defense is not good enough. It's not championship quality. And, uh, and I love Rodgers. I mean, if I'm starting a team right now, Rodgers is my quarterback. Definitely. Um, uh, I, I love him and 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 Palmer are my two favorite guys right now. With Russell Wilson is, is probably Manning real close John third. Dave? Oh yeah, I love him, but it's over, man. Hey, just like Kobe, you know Tiger. Look, at the, I'm I'm hoping Tiger can come back. Kobe's is, is hanging it up, and and Peyton, he's a smart guy. I'd be stunned if he tries to come back next year. I really would be. AFC. Uh I don't know. I, I Marvin Marvin uh out in Cincinnati it'd be nice to see him uh Marvin
0: Lewis,
2: yeah. Marvin Lewis if he can get something going. I mean they've made the playoffs what the last four or five years. No. You know, right now it's difficult to trust the red rifle. So but I like I their didn't... receivers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, like their receivers. I like their receivers, I like the defense. Um and then who else in the AFC? Uh yeah, the pa- i love the Patriots but everybody's healthy and I refuse to believe that he's gonna pull off a miracle. Uh, you know, losing this many guys. I mean, they probably will spank my Eagles on Sunday, but I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not buying the Patriots to go all the way.
0: Speaking of your Eagles, how long does the Chip Kelly experiment last?
2: I was just talking to a friend of mine in Arizona who's a Philly guy, and he's just dying because all the Philly teams are horrible this year. And <laughs> you know, uh, you know, they Chip wanted to be in the Parcells uh, vernacular. Wanted to shop for the groceries and coach the team and it's not working, and he got rid of a lot of guys, and too many guys are talking about, you know, he let a lot of the black fellows go, black great black players, and the, the impact of offensive players, and let them go. You start hearing that kind of stuff, and, you know, I haven't been down there. I want to give him benefit of the doubt, but, boy, you keep hearing that kind of stuff, you got to wonder what the hell's going on. Um, and, you know, and, and Philly is a great sports market. The Eagle fans are, you know, it's one thing, black, white, red, yellow, everybody's united behind the Eagles in Philly so it's a shame to see him struggling at this badly particularly the last 2 weeks giving up 45 points in each of, you know in those two games which is just absurd
0: yeah the problem with philly to me is also if you fire chip kelly you got to hire so many people you got to hire a gm you got to hire a coach you got to Well a yeah, yeah there's, there's
2: enough guys out there you could probably find somebody but i mean he just uh, what's this the chips this is his third year i believe so I, I i'd be surprised i mean unless they totally totally tank the rest of the way I would fully expect him to be back next year and and probably with some tweaks.
0: Yeah. Hey, Dave, let me ask you about shifting to college. How is it working with Coach K, the five-time champion and maybe the best coach of all time? What's that like working with a mind like that? Well, we know each other
2: going back to 77 when I was just starting out here in New York at the Daily News and he was at Army. And we're in our 11th year doing this show. And, you know, we get along great. And uh, I mean, we don't hang out or anything. I mean, he's down there, but you know, when they come up here, you know, we try to get together. And I've done a lot of games down there, so and we, you know, we get together and before and after, you know, before games. And but he, he's he's a good guy. He's I tell you what, he's fierce. Somebody was telling me the other day uh, when they were here a couple of weeks ago, and uh, he was he was lip reading. I said, well, probably just as why you didn't hear it because you know his intensity. You know, he comes across as yeah he's a he's a he's a terrific guy but his passion and his intensity are amazing and that and that's why those guys run through walls for him
0: yeah, fierce he knows what he's doing chicago. he's he's
2: a he's a great planner yeah very tough guy he's from chicago so you know he and he you know he physically takes care of himself he's got a great family i mean he's got the whole thing rolling man it's it's a great situation and and it's they, a pleasure to work with him he's got so much cachet that we pretty much our producer basically just picks up the phone. Hey, uh, we'd like you to come on Coach K show. And then and generally everybody
1: says, what time? So <laughs> I could imagine. So this is his last Olympics in Rio. When they probably cut down the Nets and win another gold, whether Kobe's on there or not, and I'd like your thoughts on that, if he should sort of get a Christian Leitner-type spot, I'm not too sure if I agree with that. But when they get another gold, is Coach K going to go down as probably the, the, the greatest coach in all sports well, of all time? Well, I mean, you know, that, that
2: might be stretching a little bit, but he's certainly in the conversation. He's and, in the conversation. Uh, pulling off a goal. Well, he's very much in the conversation. Um, you know, he's done, some, he's done some terrific things. I mean, you know, Duke, Duke hadn't been a power since the 60s, and, and you know, he got it going down there. And he's, I mean, they're the regulars, you can almost ink him in on your – before the season starts to to get to the sweet 16 to get to the final 4. You know, Kobe gone to the uh Olympics, we got enough talent that we don't have to play sentimental choices. And I like Kobe's a Philly area guy. We just had yeah. him on a couple of days, a couple of weeks ago. I don't, you know, it, it, he's going to have to earn it if he if he wants to, you know, be on the team, he's going to have to win a spot. There's a lot of great talent out there to choose from. I mean, it, it's amazing. You look at you know the, the upper echelon guys in the NBA and that's that, and and college. If he wants to dip into college, uh, that uh, what Mike has to choose from. So I, I don't I don't anticipate him going going sentimental.
0: How close was Kobe to going to Duke?
2: Reasonably close. I mean, he they, they would have. They, we were just joking about that yesterday. The show uh, that'll probably re air in the next couple of days, and. Uh, it was a uh, coach was talking about Kobe's miserable night Who was that against Philly the other night and he came back and had a good night the second night and right. i said yeah he was he was coming he, coming to duke and he said yeah it would have been my first one and done uh you know my, Kobe you know even i have heard Kobe in conversations wistful, wistfully talk about the fact that yeah man maybe maybe i should have gone for one year but you know he's got enough of the, the look you know regret looking back he he made it out all right same with LeBron, LeBron, you know, LeBron probably would have gone uh, to Duke as well. They both, you know, coach, uh, coach treats them both like sons, man. It's uh, he loves them both.
1: That's great. Great. Let me ask you this, Dave, before we let you go, we appreciate your time and thank you for coming on. How good are the Warriors and Steph Curry? And could they possibly not only repeat in the tough West and the East is much better. But could they get that seventy-two wins from the uh, Jordan Bulls?
2: Man, you know I'm 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 I've been in this business long enough. I'm getting old, and I don't concern myself about that stuff. It's about winning. If you get if if that if it happens, it happens. But the main thing is just be as consistent as possible, win as many games as possible, and and see what happens. That's a wonderful division. I mean, a conference over there, competitions. You know, terrific. Tim Duncan and Ginobili, and Tony are still playing with that great cast that they have. I wouldn't be counting those cats out. So uh, yeah, it's a hell of a story, and you know you can go. Oh wow, wouldn't it be nice to? That, you know, we, it's only December what fourth. We got a long way to go.
0: Hey Dave, last last question here. As a final, you know, going away for your uh, Seattle for the Seattle audience, is there a chance that they get a team to replace the Sonics? I mean, uh, well, that's
2: a hope. I mean, everybody's hoping for. I mean, the, you know, the area, the, the 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 city council and you know the powers that be. You know, they they didn't position themselves well. They, I, th- I think you know, sort of like the you know like the people back in you know back in the fifties. Yeah, you know, they could have done a better job to keep the Giants and the and, and the Dodgers. Uh, that was a big oversight, and and the owner at the time he clearly lied, and that's you know, history now. The hope yeah. is that they get a team. The hope is that they get a team. It's a great basketball market. It's, it's a terrific sports town, and uh, you know, hopefully it works out. But right now, you know, there there's some bickering about. The, there's a guy I can't remember the guy's name right now, but he wants to build an arena it would be just south of our ballpark and i I heard a headline the other day I'm here in New York right now, but i heard it saw a headline online saw a headline about somebody the mayor or somebody in the city council would vote against putting the uh putting the new arena down near our ballpark so it, it's it's all messed up right now there's uh, nobody nobody it it's really not a real point, a point of uh emphasis right now. most people in right. Seattle right now are concerned about uh, what the Seahawks are going to do. Can, you know, can they get guys healthy and can they get going? And, and, and then after that, you know, you get to, hopefully you'll get to the, they'll have a deep run in the playoffs and then, you know, they'll turn our atten- turn their attention to our ball club. And hopefully, uh, by the time I go out there in, in January for a fan fest and caravan, we'll have a, at least one more starting pitcher and hopefully, uh, a first base.
1: <laughs> well, we hope so, Dave, we wish you well. And thank you for coming on rain today, today. We really appreciate. Keep up the great work. We love you, Dave. Appreciate, man. Good to
2: talk to you guys. Good luck to you. All right, keep up Thank the good work. Thank you so much. You bet. All Thanks, right. you take
1: care. Have a good night. There he goes, Dave Sims. That's legend, our guy. You know, and <laughs> uh, <laughs> listen, from WFAN and did daily news. We were there in the beginning, all the way to you know Coach K, Seattle. It's great. So that was a lot of fun, you know. And he he talks about it all, man. He covers everything. Great voice, great play-by-play. It was fascinating what he thought about uh, King Felix and the, the no-hitters and and everything. And and he, you know what? He's a consummate professional. So, well, Ray, we got to get into it. We talked about, you know, basically what happened with the Packers, but we've got to move forward to the rest of the week of the NFL. Week thirteen. Your fantasy football, this is the last week trying to make the playoffs. You know, Ray's kind of solidified in his two leagues. I don't know about a third league. Tay solidified in one league, and I'm scrambling in the two leagues trying to catch up with Ray. But you got to make the right plays, and this is the week. Let's start off with our NFL picks. We'll give our fantasy studs, and we start off in Jersey. The Battle of New York (laughs) in Jersey makes a lot of sense. The Jets at the Giants. I think the loser is done, right? And the winner is definitely alive and strong. And the Giants could still lose, depending on what else happens. Yeah, see, I don't think the Giants are
0: done if they lose, because that NFC
1: is so bad. you're, You're right, but they could be. They could be very easily done. We'll see Cowboys, Redskins Monday night. But I'll say this, no Revis. We wanted to see him against Beckham. That would have been classic. Maybe Camardi sticks him. Everybody in New York's hyped up about the Jets. I got a funny feeling this is going to be high scoring, and I think Eli finds a way to pull it out. The Giants are so yo and back and forth. I want the Jets, but I think the Giants win this one 30-27. They get enough pass rush, maybe, you know, cause a turnover from Fitzy. And I think the player of the game, is going to wind up being Odell because they just don't have enough to stick him. He's going to be hard to guard and he gets you 97, six receptions and a touchdown giants win.
0: So I think the giants are in every other game team. The jets are slightly more consistent but, you know, at the but end you know, of the day, the Giants have a better, more consistent quarterback than Eli Manning than Fitzpatrick. He's been playing fairly well this year. I just have a feeling that they're both going to end up 6-6 six and six at the end of this game. And my player of the game is going to surprise you. I think it's going to be Shane Vereen. I think he's going to get a little bit of open field action and he's going to surprise people, score a touchdown, and get very involved in the passing game. I think there's going to be so much attention on Odell Beckham. That Big Daddy be Shane? <laughs> secondary and tertiary receiver. So I like the Giants in a close one. Shane Vereen being my guy on fantasy. So I'll take 23 uh, 20.
1: All right. Well, you know what? <sighs> Keep it in moving. And there's some good games. We kind of feel uh, Arizona will take care of the Rams. But we got to look at the NFC South battle because these teams are very much alive in the NFC Card race. The team that Ray poo pooed weeks ago, <laughs> the Atlanta Falcons in 6-5 at Tampa Bay at 5-6. You know what? This one's weird, and I don't think the Falcons can figure it out. Vincent Jackson's back. The last two weeks, he's gotten better each week. I think Winston had a rough game last week. He'll turn it back around at home. And Matt Ryan's having a difficult season. And I could see the cover, two, some turnovers. I think Doug Martin does enough to keep things off balance. Jenkins is back, Safarian Jenkins. I'll say Doug Martin is the player of the game. He gets a, you know, a buck five and a touchdown. Devonta Freeman will do good. But Tampa Bay wins. 26-21 over the Falcons.
0: I agree 100%. You know me. When the Falcons were 6-0, and I was saying that they were a fraud, and I think they'll lose their sixth in a row, go 6-6. Tampa's a weird team, but when they're <clears throat> on between Doug Martin, Mike Evans, Safarian Jenkins, and Vincent Jackson, that is a pretty good skill position compliment for Jameis Winston so I think Jameis will spread the ball around I think at the end of the day the hamster Dougie Fresh is going to be the player of the game offensively in fantasy I think he'll run for 110 and two touchdowns and I think the Bucks win 27-23
1: well now we've got a good NFL battle in the NFC. Both teams are fighting for playoffs and playoff positioning. You've got the Seahawks, who Dave was just talking about, 6-5, and five, hoping they can travel on the road. They've been struggling at the Minnesota Vikings, who are 8-3 and kind of want to fend the Packers off. They want to get this win. I don't know. This is weird. They beat the Steelers. They had a good game, but Graham got hurt. Will we see the residual effects of that is sort of my question. And I think Anthony Barr and the defense for Minnesota, I think they find a way. And AP outdoes Thomas Rawls, no relation to Lou. It would have been beast mode against Peterson, which everybody was looking forward to. But I think Peterson out-duel, outduels Rawls. And Minnesota wins a tough and rugged, rough, just a rough, gritty game, I'll say tw- 23 20, the fantasy stud is my man, Stephon Diggs. Special team and receiving six for 80. He might wind up with two touchdowns. 23 20, Minnesota over Seattle. Kind of a little, maybe an upset, maybe?
0: Oh, I think Minnesota's favored, and I think they have the better roster. No, record, I think and... Seattle's favored by a half a point or one point. Oh, is that right? on the yeah. road so that's pretty impressive i like seattle i think they're turning it around remember last year they were four and four and they ended up uh almost winning the super bowl yeah thank you malcolm butler for uh, hurting all those Seattle fans, all those Dave Sims fans. Brutal, um, brutal. Brutal, yeah. So I, I think Seattle puts it – they're in second gear right now. I think they go into fourth gear. I think they totally shut down Minnesota. I think the offense is very predictable. Uh, you just got to stop Adrian Peterson. I'm really not worried about Stefan Diggs. I mean, I am worried that they can beat you deep. But if you can contain up the middle, get some pressure on the outside, and go back to – Maybe not the Legion of Boom, but at least you know eighty percent of that. I think Seattle wins this game easily. I think they go in and flex their muscle even without Jimmy Graham. I think they win twenty-seven seventeen, and Player of the Game Russell Wilson. Not so much statistically, but just he'll end of the end of the first half, fourth quarter, he'll just get you first downs, and he's the one that's going to make things happen. Maybe he throws for two fifty and two touchdowns, but he leads the charge.
1: Wow. Well, how about those Texans who have really started to turn it around very much alive? Yeah, you knocked they,
0: them. It, you knocked J.J. Watt. You were like, how can you be the defensive player of the year if your defense is terrible and you're not and, and you know anybody? So they were terrible.
1: They've they turned were. it around. And Romeo's got them playing. But it's also been because Whitney Merciless and Jadavian Clowney got healthy and, and woke up. So J.J. can't get double-teamed and triple-teamed every single play. But they're at Buffalo, six and five against five and six. This is going to be one of those games that goes to the wire, scrappy, scrappy, scrappy. I want to go with Houston, but I just think at home the triplets of Buffalo will outduel the one lit <laughs> one and a half lits of Houston. Hoyer Hopkins is a little banged up and blue against Taylor, Watkins and McCoy. Ooh. And I think Mario, Super Mario, will be back. I think Buffalo takes care of him 26-20. And I hate to say it, but you can still run on this Texan team, and you can screen past them, and that will happen from Shady. Shady will have a big day of uh, 160 combined total yards and a touchdown, three receptions, 80 yards rushing. He does it. 26-20, the Bills back in the playoff race over the Texans.
0: I agree 100%. I think the Bills are are still the better team. Now that they're getting healthy, watch out. The only difference I would have would be, if it's not LaShawn McCoy, it might be Sammy Watkins, who's been playing very well recently. He's getting healthy. He's getting his groove back with Tyrod Taylor. So, yeah, I like Buffalo in a pretty easy win here. I'll I'll go 27-14. twenty seven fourteen.
1: Well, you know what? There's so much more to get into with this. And the thing that's really going to be surprising is if, and only if, Johnny Manziel was playing, they could upset the Bengals. Joking, joking, mm-hmm. joking, man. Mm-hmm. Nah, nah, nah. So, look, most of these other games, the duds, we have the Chiefs and Raiders. You get way to the afternoon. All the other games are kind of like, eh. I think... Oakland has got to find a way to turn it around at home. Murray needs to get it going. I don't know if if Crabtree and Cooper and Carr can can move the ball the way they need to on the Chiefs, but for some reason, I think they can. Now Buffalo almost got them, but the Chiefs were at home and the Chiefs are tough. But on the road, it's a little bit different. And this is a rivalry game in AFC West, so I actually like the Raiders in a little upset. The Chiefs are rolling but maybe the winning streak stops at Oakland, and I think the Raiders get hyped up. They turn over Alex Smith, who hasn't had a turnover since God knows when. And Macklin and Spencer and West, they do their thing, but the Raiders win a little bit of a shootout. I'd say 30 to 28. The Raiders, Jenikowski at the end, kicks the field goal. Carr is the player of the game, 300 yards, two touchdowns. Raiders beat the Chiefs.
0: I agree. I think it'll be easier than that. I think at some point the fact that Kansas City really has no oomph in their offense is going to catch up to them. Um, you know, They're on their third string running back. They're still led by Alex Smith. I just think that Oakland took a couple of weeks and they came back to reality, but they're going to turn it back on, and I think that combination of Crabtree – and uh, your boy, Amari Cooper, plus Latavius, Tavi Tave, Derek Carr, that's the young trio, they're going to put up some points this week, and I think they go uh, 24, I'll say 24-19, weird score, but Oakland wins.
1: Hmm. Yeah, well, in this season, we've had tons of, of weird scores, so nothing would surprise you. Now, look, we are not picking these games, but we might as well just say real quick, I think we both would say Panthers and Patriots are going to win. Do you think any upsets or no?
0: No, I don't see anything that stands out yeah. to me as being particularly, you know, particularly crazy this weekend. I mean, you know, yeah. Denver, San Diego, eh, can San Diego – look, Brock Osweiler, we don't. We haven't seen him enough, but I think that Denver defense oh, carries they'll be them. Fine.
1: Yeah, I'm talking about can the Eagles shock the Patriots because of their lack of health. Or New Orleans and Drew Brees having a Brees game at home against the Panthers? It's always
0: possible. It It is always possible, yeah. Well,
1: this is the game. Sunday night, you know, both teams are fighting for their playoff lives. Colts obviously are still alive for the division. The Steelers are fighting to get back in the wild card hunt. Look, Ben's playing. Concussion, not concussion, whatever. He's good. D'Angelo Brown Sugar Baby is ready. I think the Colts are going to have a hard time stopping the Steeler offense. And Matthew Hasselbeck, still undefeated like Cam, I think he finally gets his first loss. It's in Pittsburgh. They don't have any home games left. Sunday night football, Steelers win 31 23. The player of the game is my main man, Antonio Brown. Eight catches, 100. 10 yards and a touchdown.
0: I can't disagree again. We're agreeing too much this week. You know something's wrong. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to be wrong on all of our picks. We're, we're agreeing too much. I think well, Pittsburgh's offense is too potent. Indianapolis can't keep up. Indianapolis needs the score to be in the in the low 20s. I think Pittsburgh puts up 30. Um, Antonio Brown is going to do great, but so will Bryant, and so will uh, um, who's your third? Wheaton. So I think they're all going to do great. So to yeah. me, if they all do great, that means your quarterback is going to be the guy. So Pittsburgh in a pretty easy game. I, I I'll say thirty to twenty.
1: Okay. Well, we'll get to Monday on Monday night. Time for some college football. This is it. It is going to be this now. Listen, is
0: it. Sunday
1: at twelve o'clock before the games start. We will find out who's playing where, the, the top four playoff, the big six bowl games, the New Year's Bowls. It's going to be exciting. But Temple against Houston for their championship, this is going to be fascinating. And for me, you know, I've been picking against Houston all year. I like Temple. I like what they've done. But it's time that I go with Houston. And I take Houston to, to kind of put it on Temple just a wee, wee bit. You know, Houston is trying to move up in the rankings to get a good ball. They're 18 – or, sorry, 19 in the country. I say they win 34-24 over Temple, over the Temple Owls.
0: You know what? I wasn't giving Temple any credit all year. And I might have to give Temple a little bit of credit. And I'll say (laughs) that Temple wins a close game. I'll say 24-23 over Houston.
1: Wow, okay. Well, you know, this one, the SEC title game, the spread, I think it's like 18 points, which is absurd, but I don't know if Florida can cover that. I think Bama and Henry, not only does he solidify the Heisman, which I think he's already gotten, you know, McCafferty and Deshaun Watson have a chance in their title games to maybe make a huge statement, but Henry is just so dominant, and I think at the end of the day, Florida cannot move the ball. And their defense is good, but Bama's offense and their defense will score. I got Bama 30-13 to 13 over the Florida Gators and a whooping in the SEC.
0: I don't know if they'll cover the spread, but I know that this game from start to finish will be roadside. And <laughs> Alabama will just run all over these dudes. Um, if they had a better quarterback – you know, I don't like Coker. Uh, if they had a better quarterback, I think they'd win 40 to nothing. You're going to have uh, to give him some love
1: eventually. The boy keeps winning, man.
0: Yeah, but I think they win in spite of him. But having said that, I'll go Alabama also pretty easily. I'll say um, 30 to 13. Very similar to your score, right? That's the exact same score. <laughs> Oh, uh, see, I didn't even pay attention to your actual score, but I uh, you know, because I knew it was right around, right around the the uh, the spread. Yeah. Okay. Listen,
1: you, you can roll with me. You can you can join the Tay training. I'm wrong with that player. Now, look, this one is serious. Number 20 USC against, and this is out there in San Francisco. Should be kind of hyped up. There's been no NFL games there, so this is the closest NFL game that will be played there all season. Sorry, Niners fans. Sorry, Oren. I think the Stanford Cardinals are playing a USC team that's got a coach now with a five-year contract. They're on fire. They've got offense. They've got talent. They've got defense. But Stanford is too physical. And I think could Juice and Hogan and McCafferty, maybe even Barry Sanders Jr., they all jump on it. I think Stanford wins, and they are impressive enough to throw their hat in the ring that if there is some chaos up top, Whether it's North Carolina or Florida upsetting Bama and Clemson, Stanford would be ahead of Ohio State to jump in because Ohio State's not playing, and the committee loves conference champions. Stanford wins 37-28 over USC, and they look good. And McCafferty throws his hat to probably get second place for Heisman voting because everybody will be up watching this boy
0: play. Well, i got to tell you, I I think Stanford Stanford wins this game easily. easily. Now, the oddsmakers and everybody's predicting actually USC to be much more competitive than I'm giving them credit for. I think Stanford runs the ball. I think Hogan passes the ball. I think that they've got this offensive juggernaut going. Now, USC has an offensive juggernaut as well. I just think that schematically Stanford's going to be able to slow them down and ultimately, Stanford wins a tight game, but they pull away in the second half. So I'll say Stanford wins 30-24 to 24 and takes the Pac-12 championship. I'm not sure at seven that they can kind of snake their way into the top four, but they'll probably end up fifth.
1: They need a miracle. They need
0: a miracle. They do. And And you... I don't – you know what? I'd have to see at the end of this game. I couldn't for sure say that I'd take Stanford over Ohio State. If you gave me one wild card to take, I just look they at that. They have a roster. better schedule. I think they have they better wins. They played better. They played better, but I think Ohio State is better. You know what I mean? A little bit of, yeah. a, of a distinction there.
1: You know what would help them, though? Not only the conference title, but Ohio State needed to play one more game. That's what they needed. So let's talk about the Big Ten title game. Michigan State against Iowa. This one, Ray, whew, this is finally the chance for Iowa to shut up the entire nation. All the pundits shut us up, shut up everybody, and say, we are not only undefeated, with the Big Ten champs, put us number two ahead of Bama and Oklahoma, respect us. And I say, no, oh, guys, I'm not respecting you. Connor Cook will be healthy enough. Michigan State offense, defense, they're too much, and they take care of Iowa. Maybe it's a little closer than folks think. Maybe they hang around for a bit. But I think at the end of the day, Michigan State's team and, and D'Antonio, he's got them on a mission, and they're focused, and they want to be in a college football playoff and potentially win it all. And this is the, the, the quarterback, the team, the season, and the reason. They win 30-21 to 21 over Iowa, and ah, maybe 34-21. They pull away, kick that field goal at the end. Michigan State over Iowa to make a statement, and they'll be in whether it's the third or fourth seed. Go ahead, Sparty, go. You know
0: what? You know what? I can't disagree I can't with, you. with you. I'm trying to no, disagree <laughs> with you, and I want to disagree <laughs> with you, but I, but I can't. Let me just, Let tell, me you just tell you that, you that, you that I'm going to I'm gonna you read to you Iowa's schedule. schedule. Uh. Illinois State, Iowa State, Pitt, uh, North Texas, Wisconsin, number 19. Illinois, Northwestern, good team. Maryland, Indiana, Minnesota, Purdue, Nebraska. They played two good teams all year. And they're going to face a good, not great Michigan State team, who frankly should have two losses because they shouldn't have won against Michigan. But I still think that they're better on offense, they're better on defense. And like you said, if Connor Cook is healthy enough, I think that's enough to beat the Iowa Hawkeyes. So I like Michigan State. I think it'll be a close game. I don't think Michigan State runs away with any game. So I think they win a close game. I'll call it 24-20.
1: Wow. This one right here, 10 against 1. Now, look, their schedule was a little soft in the beginning, and they lost to South Carolina. They could have been ranked number eight, but the committee was like, eh, ah, you know, you didn't play two, you know, Division one schools. You're, you're going to be 10. But I think if they could upset Clemson, they would have a shot to get into the top four, and deservedly so. The ACC has been strong this year. There have been, a you know, a couple of – at least four or five good teams who have been ranked throughout the season. And North Carolina's got a chance. But at the end of the day, we're not talking about this kid enough. And Deshaun Watson is a star. He will be a future quarterback in the NFL in a year or two. And he'll probably come second in the Heisman and maybe win the Heisman next season. And he's going to be 13-0. and 0, But more importantly, he might just win him a championship. My boy Dabo Sweeney's got them dancing and, and doing all his stuff. Because if you don't know take- Dabo. No Dabo. And you know what? He is going to get him a chip. And Clemson is going to take care of North Carolina, 37-24, and they will get the number one seed an the ACC title.
0: You know what? Everything tells me that Clemson's going to win. They're the better team. You know why? Because their defense is better. They're both juggernauts on offense, although, you know, North Carolina lit up, you know, Duke and Duke's not a bad team, but Duke and and Miami. I think they put sixty six on Duke and fifty nine on Miami, so that helps your offensive statistics. So Clemson is a much better defensive team, and they're both juggernauts on offense. So everything tells me that Deshaun Watson, Dabo and the boys, the defense is a pretty good defense. I think an underrated defense should win, but you know what? I'm feeling the upset. I'm feeling Woo! baby blue, yes, North Carolina. I'm thinking that your boy Roy Williams is going to come down and whisper something in their ears at halftime and be like, "Look, we win championships at Carolina. You have a chance to make history." I don't even know if they go. Interesting thing is, if they do win the game, <laughs> if they go, if they if they make the final four, not sure that they do, but. I am predicting it right here on Ray and Tay, an upset. Now, it's 10. They're the number 10 seed, but still, undefeated Clemson. And we will have a little bit of disarray on Sunday. What do we do with a one-loss Clemson team? I think North Carolina wins in a shootout. I think they go to overtime, and they win in a shootout 36-33. North Carolina Shut them down! I, I think you
1: were inspired by the Tar Heels in the ACC Big Ten Challenge this week, which is where we're headed next. When our Tar Heels beat my Terps, number nine against number two, and as we say goodbye to college football, and we'll you know break it down Monday all the results and predict who or talk about who they, you know, voted on Sunday in the games and go over some of their early college, you know, bowl games. We'll talk about the major college bowl games. But in college hoops, not only did you have the ACC and Big Ten smacking heads and North Carolina took care of Maryland and Marcus Page came back, which was amazing. Both those teams, I want to ask you if you think they could be in the Final Four because to me they look like it. But last night in Pauly Pavilion, UCLA, led by the coach's son and the sophomore from California at the beach, Welsh, took down number one Kentucky, UCLA, knocked them off. Tell me your thoughts on, we you surprised you UCLA winning, and how good are the Terps and the Tar Heels?
0: So I will, and I'll do that in a second, but we have to tell you breaking news. You know, we're on the air live. Uh-oh. K is representing Arizona Diamondbacks, and the Arizona Diamondbacks just represented by signing Zach Greinke. What? So stays in the division, signs with the Diamondbacks. With the New Jersey. New Jersey too, baby. Maybe the New Jersey got him. Maybe the New Jersey got him. But, yeah, that's the breaking news from ESPN that Zach Greinke is going to join your Diamondbacks. What an immediate upgrade.
1: That is so huge. Too bad we didn't have that while Dave was on the air, but we did break for him, Lackey going to the Cubs, but now Granky to the D-backs with Goldschmidt, That changes everything. Props to Tommy uh, LaRu- uh, to Tony Larusa.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So now we'll talk about that later when we talk about baseball in in the coming episodes, but. Back to college basketball, yes, I was surprised that UCLA was able to take care of business. Now, Paul used to be a tough place to play, and, you know, Steve Alford's trying to bring it back and his son and, and the whole nine. So, yeah, I was surprised a little bit about that. And I guess it's to be expected, you know, because this, this Kentucky team, they're young, they're athletic, and you can't keep going back to the well and having these, you know, mature freshmen and sophomores that – uh that Calipari has. So, Kentucky will have some bumps in the road, but ultimately they're a top-five team, top-ten team, so nothing to worry about there. Good for UCLA. As for Carolina-Maryland, that was a great game.
1: Great game. Uh. And...
0: Marcus Page looked fantastic. I mean, you would have never known that it was his first game of the season. He stepped right in and did his thing, and good for him for coming back and rehabbing and and getting it together. And you know what I saw? Even though he had too many turnovers, but I saw a guy in Mellow Trimble that worked on his game, a la Steph Curry. When Steph Curry came back, for his junior and then his senior season when he was a, a star at Davidson and wanted to work on his handle and wanted to work on his point guard skills. And Mellow Trimble was doing some Steph Curry stuff out there. You know the what,
1: I don't know if you noticed this, Ray. I got to cut you off here because NBA Net and some other scouts, they don't have Trimble projected as a first or second round pick. That, to me, is absurd. If this kid comes out, you got to believe he's coming out. I
0: mean, if Trey Burke can be a top ten, oh, that was a
1: 13 Or something like guard.
0: that. You know, Tremble And he's is, got
1: a good, you know, he's you know got a big body for a point guard. He can definitely, you know, take it to the hoop. He, he's starting to get the jumper. I mean, this kid stops the turnovers, and to me, he's up. I'll take yeah, him over. Yeah, I, I like
0: him a on. lot. I I don't see that. I think that's all. That's off. I I like this kid, Melo oh, Tremble the very least, he could come off the bench, but I think he could even start in the NBA. Oh, and like, yes. like you said, he's only a sophomore. He's small. He'll get bigger. I mean, he he'll, he'll, his Knicks. game will get better.
1: I mean, I love my man, Jerry and Grant, and Calderon, but he's start for our Knicks, who are playing the uh, the Lopez Bowl right now, Knicks and, and, and Nets and stuff. So we got to talk some NBAs. The show is ending, and we, you know, touch quickly on college. Oh, one other thing in college. Syracuse goes down to Wisconsin. That was sort of a a kind of an upset. Michigan State took care of Louisville. But I want to ask you, I don't know if you – and Duke got a nice win over Indiana. Two things. Is Crane – I mean, the players are not playing for him. There's been a lot of issues there, a lot of hatred towards Crane. We like him as a coach, but could this be his last season at Indiana? And then are you ready for Purdue and Xavier – because they are top 10 team, or 11 and 12. They look like they're ready to move into top 10. And Purdue and Xavier are
0: bowling. Yes, I am ready. And I like those two as historically good but not great programs. And yeah. a once historically proud and excellent program, Indiana, I think they're going to run out of patience for Tom Crean. I don't know if it was a fluke because he had Dwayne Wade. And our boy, uh, what was our, our boy's name? The shooter, the 6'10 cat we had in New York. And then he went to Milwaukee. Novak. Um,
1: no, he's a good
0: coach. He's a good coach, but I'm not sure he's elite. I'm not sure he's bringing Indiana back to the Bobby Knight days. I mean, that's the kind of expectations that they had on him, and that's not fair to Coach Crean. And it's also unfair because, you know, it's almost like Notre Dame where you expect to be elite. You won three national championships with Bobby Knight. You lost in 2002 in the final game to your Maryland Terps, and you, and you think Don't that talk. you're, you know, an elite program. And, frankly, Indiana is not an elite program anymore. Who wants to go to Indiana? If you come from the state of Indiana, maybe. But I can't see Indiana Hoosiers recruiting nationally against even in their own conference against Michigan, against Ohio State, against Michigan State. Not anymore they can. You're right. Yeah. Not so, anymore. so either they have to change their expectations or, you know, they have to find themselves. Or you, to have, to themselves. you Calipari, have to get a big-name coach. John Calipari, you know. Yeah, well, Calipari or a, a former type, a so John Calipari type. I'm not going to Indiana.
1: You have to get, like, Isaiah Thompson. Somebody that was big at Indiana, too. That would be the other the other chance. Oh, and real quick, I got to ask you, what did you think about Mark Rick going back to his alma mater Miami? It's hard to win there. I like there. that. I like it, but I think it's hard to win because of the stadium situation. They need to fix that. The boosters need to get them a, a proper stadium situation. But I think uh, he's a good coach who the expectations won't be as crazy at Miami, you know, right away. So that I thought that was a good move. So the NBA, and he's a Miami
0: guy, so that's always good.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, look, Steph is still Steph. The Warriors are still doing their thing. I think on this road trip, that you would believe they'd have to lose one, right, at, whether it's at Toronto. I mean, somewhere they're, they're going to have Milwaukee, a hiccup.
0: yeah, five in a row, it's hard to win five straight on the road.
1: I mean, they're just so darn good, it's ridiculous. And what he did the other night in Charlotte when they honored his dad, and, he, you know, he, he dropped 40 and 28 and a quarter. The kid is so special. It's absurd, and you got to love our Knicks right now. 65-42, spanking Brooklyn. Happy for Philly finally winning. Of course, they beat Kobe and the Lakers. You know, like uh, Dave said, you're glad that Kobe bounced back and left D.C., uh, you know, with 31 points and shot a little bit better. But right now, I want to ask you, uh, is is it shocking to you that because of the Warriors and sort of their whole story, and it's shameful that they're not giving Luke Walton those victories – Shame on the NBA. That's a whole other story. But can you believe that the Cavs and Spurs are playing such good ball and the Pacers, and they're all totally under the radar? Because everybody's talking about the Warriors or the Sixers.
0: You know, we even got caught up in it in the best and the worst of the NBA. But there's a lot of stuff going on in the NBA. The East yeah. is getting much, much better. The teams in the West, you know, the the, the Spurs and, and uh uh you know a few other teams in the West are, are doing their thing. A few surprises, Utah, and, and uh, you know, we've got uh, up and I'm down. bad for that Gobert injury, Sunday. though, Ray. That's going to hurt Utah pretty good. Yeah, it it Ooh, will. Yeah. It will. But there's a lot of NBA storylines that we're really not talking about just because the other two are so compelling. Um, but you know what? I, I, I hate to say this, but I want the Warriors to lose, so just get back to normal basketball. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, 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 it's, definitely, definitely. it's it's like a rodeo show and it's you know it's one of those things where you can't help but talk about them because let's be honest the excellence that we're seeing from this kid and Jerry West I heard him in an interview the other day I have to give props to Doug Gottlieb he had him on the show it was a great interview a great listen but you know you can't even fathom that right now the Warriors are not even playing their best because they're having so many turnovers they would be blowing teams out a lot more if their turnovers were down to normal and what they were at last year. So, you know, and Klay Thompson hasn't been himself offensively yet. So, you know, it's sort of like one of those things where they could, in a crazy world, go undefeated until Christmas. The Cavs get Kyrie back soon, and then you could see Kyrie Irving and the Cavaliers against the undefeated Warriors on Christmas Day, and the NBA would just just be in, like, basketball ratings heaven, <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah, that would that would be great. But, you know, we got to talk about this. Did you see the Stephen A. Smith, uh, when he flipped out about the whole Mark Jackson's not getting enough credit uh, in Golden State?
1: Oh, uh, no, was it recent again?
0: Yeah, he was saying how, and he brought up some good points. He was saying that, look, you oh, know, yeah. Steve Kerr inherited a great team, <laughs> And most of the heavy lifting was done by Mark Jackson to turn the culture around.
1: He definitely and did. then he
0: went on this, this diatribe about, and he's right there too, about Luke Walton should absolutely be getting credit for these wins. I mean, people are not there. So how are you giving these wins to the head coach? that's not there. And he
1: got coached of a month, right? I mean, come on, NBA. That's, that, that's insane to me. You yeah, know, and he wasn't sense. there for training camp either. So you've got to give Luke Walton. We're going to have to get Bill Walton on the show. We'll tweet at Bill talk to him because his son needs his props and respect. Luke's doing a good job. He might mess around and be the coach of the Lakers next year, right? Quiet as kept.
0: Well, Byron's not going to make it. I,
1: I don't know. I don't know. This is a, this is going to be ugly for a just Let's just, let's just say that. But they
0: have to get out. They have to purge. You know what I mean? They have to get out from under the Kobe era. But the one thing you can say about the Lakers, look, Dwight Howard didn't work out. But the Lakers always bring in a free agent, right? In 79, they brought in Kareem. In 90, what would that be? 96, seven. they brought in Shaq. Don't forget about Bob McAdoo. (laughs) They brought in Bob McAdoo. That was a big free agent move. They brought brought in McAdoo. They made some trades too, right? But they brought in McAdoo. They got Gasol to trade, but they brought in Dwight Howard. They're able to attract star free agent to LA and you take Kobe's 20 whatever 6 million. Oh, the Durant board. could
1: very easily go there next year because let's be honest, you know, Brooklyn, New York, Washington, OKC, he might be like, you know what? My brand will grow the most if I turn back and bring back the Lakers to a championship again and it'll be my team with no Kobe and the year after my partner in crime Westbrook could come join me and we just become the, you know, the Superman and Batman uh, in, in the Lakers, or as my son would say, Superbat.
0: <laughs> I like that. Yeah, Superbat. Save the word, Superbat, yeah.
1: So, anyway, listen, great show. Hey, it was fun to see the Kings and Rondo in Mexico, right, battling the Celtics. You know, the NBA is good, you know, expanding and, and, and playing in different cities, and like we've spoken about it, we'd surely love to see them back in uh, seattle and then whatever the second city would be st louis or pittsburgh but you know hey we're going to start that campaign we got bernard king in the hall of fame ray and tay going to get basketball back in seattle it's got to happen
0: yes thank you to dave sims great guest we loved him as teenagers at madison square garden very gracious then very gracious now so we were very happy to have him on our show
1: definitely it was you know a great show and Listen, great sports weekend. Enjoy it. Enjoy college football and everything. And like always, thanks for listening. And thanks for uh, talking sports with friends. Have a great sports weekend.
0: We're out.
1: Peace.